turn it on. Amen. Well, this should be interesting, um, the four of us up here. Um, hi, I'm Scott, Claire, Kathleen, and Sean. Yes. There is a reason we're all up here. And yes. there is a timer, so we want you There's to There's a timer, so. <laughs> There's oh, yes, a timer. This could go on for a long this time could. with this the four could. of us. Anyway, uh, good morning, guys. We're in the middle of our Imagine. I think Sean was about to say something sarcastic. Do it. We want you to laugh today. <laughs> yes, if nothing else. When all I else mean, fails. This don't happen very often. Uh-huh. At least, yeah. at least out here. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this happens all the time yeah. in our living rooms. Yes, yes. without microphones. Yeah. Fortunately. Anyway, um, yeah. So we're in the middle of our Imagine series. And um, one of the things that um, many of you know, but uh, some of you may not know, this is the 30th year of Crossroads Church and Ministries, yeah? Yes, we're still here Uh, as a church. God has done such amazing things. And uh, one of the things that we've been doing, instead of just trying to focus on like one service or one moment in time to celebrate our 30th anniversary, is we've been bringing in some guests uh, that have been important to the work of Crossroads over the years, um, and we're going to continue that through the new year. And then we also want to hear from uh, some of those, especially some of those that were in the room in the initial days, those initial moments of Crossroads Church, and in that uh, part of that journey. So, of course, Sean and Kathleen, it was in their living room that everything started, so... Uh, If you want to blame anybody, you can blame them in their living room. Anyway, um, so today we want to talk about imagine the possibilities. And um, there's been some core kind of thoughts and values from day one that we have tried to operate under. We want to talk to you about that. And then we want to hear some of Sean and Kathleen's story um, this morning around that. So let's start out with the scripture in Matthew chapter 19. These have been key scriptures Uh, Throughout the journey of Crossroads, they're just beautiful scriptures. Um, But this is at a point where Jesus is um, looking. um, Yes, I see that. Anyway, Jesus is um, looking at the disciples. He's talking to them. They're at this moment where Jesus is kind of calling everybody higher, and they're like, how in the world can anybody live into that? And this is what Jesus says. Uh, Let's read this together. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I would add that it's not just men, it's women as well. So let's read that again so we know with men and women. But anyway, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is with humans, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Let's say that together. All things are possible. And then Peter says, he responds with this. Peter answered him, We have have left left everything everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Good question. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then that scripture has resonated about possibilities. So really Crossroads Church was about what might be possible when we started. And then another kind of key scripture that we've used over the years is in Joshua chapter 1. And this is how it goes. Okay. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to the cross of Jordan, proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, 
to the Israelites? Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and the, and the Lebanon, sorry, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will also be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people to pass through the camp and command the people to prepare their provisions. For in three days they would cross over the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God gives you to possess. So um, when, when you begin the scripture here in Joshua is... Moses has now died, obviously, and the Israelites are about to enter into the promise that God's given them. And they have to participate with the promise that God has given them. And as they participate, and as they involve themselves and partner with God, miracles start to happen. The same thing happens in our life and has happened in our life, all of us, in one way or another. I want you to think about it. I've got a question just to start us out. Um, and this is it for your own life. Just name one thing that seems impossible for your life right now that you would say it just seems impossible for this to happen. Just think about that for a minute. And I also want you to think about, as you maybe note that and write that down, I want you to know that all things are possible, even the things that we think are impossible. I want you to think about the fact that this was a barren piece of land about 26 years ago. I want you to think that there was no Crossroads Church 31 years ago, and that became, that impossibility has now become a possibility and a reality, right? And it's the same in all of our lives. So that's what we want to spend a couple of minutes talking about. How do you create that environment, first of all? There's four things that we've always tried to remind ourselves of and that you can see in these scriptures and you see throughout scripture. The first thing is to live with expectation. Everybody say expectation. Expectation. That, um, let me say this, even better than living with expectation is living with a sacred expectation because all of us have come into this room today, and you might want to write these down and put it in your wallet or put it on the refrigerator, live with a sacred expectation. 
All of us have an expectancy today. Some of us have expectancies for bad things. Some of us have expectancies for good things. But we need to live with a sacred expectation. Live with an expectation that anything can possibly happen in God today, so long as we partner with God. What we are expecting is directly connected to what God can do in our life. It's kind of a life environment. Our expectation creates an environment. A lot of us remember that Jesus said at one point that our lives are like soil and that some soil creates 30-fold increase, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. That's really all around. The thing that doesn't change is the seed that's sown, God's presence in our lives, God's word in our lives. But what does change is our expectancy, right? Our return is and the, the quality of the return is based on what are we expecting. How is your expectancy this morning? Secondly, the second thing is live with strength. You see this recurring thing in Joshua that happens in the first chapter, to be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous three times. In other words, live with strength is what God is saying through Joshua here, that we need to be people that live with strength. It's not really talking about muscles so much. Is considering the cost of whatever you're asking to have happen in your life. Strength has to do with our personal stewardship and our capacity. Everyone has a capacity. Everyone has a limit. And you can extend that limit. You can strengthen that. You can increase your borders. And part of how we do that is by practicing our faith and asking God for things. And as things begin to happen in our lives and even challenges happen in our lives, it stretches us. It makes us stronger. It creates a resilience in our lives. Some people pray prayers. You ever remember how Jesus said to people when he would pray, before he would pray for them at times, he'd say, what do you want me to do for you? And it seemed like a no-brainer. Well, they want to see. They want to be able to walk again. Seems like a no-brainer. What Jesus is really saying, are you strong enough to receive the healing I'm about to give you? Because whatever you're given, you need to have the strength to live into. Don't pray prayers that you're not willing to live for the cost of that. Does that make sense? Uh, I had a friend years ago that his son-in-law built like million-dollar homes, and he said it was amazing how many people would build these highly expensive homes, and they couldn't furnish them. They didn't have enough money to furnish them, but they wanted a million-dollar home. And so they would rent furniture when they would have parties and stuff. He said it was amazing how many people would do that. It's the same way. Strengthen yourself so that whatever God brings your way, you have the, you have the resilience and the strength to handle. Pray prayers that you're ready to live into when it's released to you. Live with courage. Be strong and courageous. Have a readiness to risk. If opportunity were to knock on your door... Would you be ready to answer the door today? If that thing happened for you today, would you be ready? Or are you risk avoidant? How are you with risk? If God were to say, this is what I'm asking you to do today, do you have the courage to live into that? What is your level of risk tolerance when it comes to what God would ask out of you in order for you to live into the fullness that God has for you. And lastly, live in partnership. Live in partnership with other people. And most importantly, live in partnership with God. This scripture in Matthew 19 uh, is such a great example, right? Because Jesus says with, everyone say with. With. 
With God, all things are possible, right? With God, that is a, that is a partnership invitation. You and I cannot live into the impossible on a consistent basis without God. With God, when we partner with God, when God's in our lives, things that we feel like those, that thought you had earlier that is impossible in your life can happen with God. Without God, not so much. With God. And then Peter says, what does he say? He says, what, what will we inherit? Peter says, we have left everything to follow you. What will there be for us? Peter understands. He doesn't say, I've left everything, even though he has left everything. He brings in the whole community and he says, we have left everything. What's in this for us? Because partnership with one another is important, and that's where God does his best work. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's say it real quick one more time before. Say it with me. Live with expectation, live with strength, live with courage, and live in partnership. Amen. Thanks, Matt. I wondered if your mic was on. Oh, well, I'm the youngest of six kids. You guys probably heard me anyway, right? (laughs) All right. So imagine, imagine living with expectation, strength, courage. Imagine that kind of partnership. And so we've been in partnership with with these two kids. By the way, when we text each other, we say, hey, kids, want (laughs) to go out and do whatever? Because we just are always trying to call the youth out of each other. And, uh, And so, you know, we've been in partnership for a long time. Um, even before, we won't tell you those stories, uh, before the church, but, um, but certainly, you know, you all have a story of how this place began with expectation and courage and partnership and strength. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, well, what I'll say, um, just a little backstory is that it did take a lot of courage and strength to come to a place where we knew nobody. Uh, and when we first moved to Marshall, we didn't know one single soul, but it was very clear to us that God was leading us to Marshall. Even though we tried to, we tried to uh, go other places, when God called us to leave our home, uh, it was after college, Sean got his first job out of college, we were finally home. We were back at the church where Scott and Claire were on the pastoral staff, and we were finally home with all of our friends, all of our family, and it was just... In a, beautiful Melvindale. In beautiful Melvindale. It's, a, it's about the people, right? And so we finally felt like we were home and so excited. By that time, I had um, two of my four children, Jamie, who's uh, in the room today, and Danielle. And so when, when we left college, graduated college, came back to Marshall, or um, Melvindale with Sean's first job, we felt, I felt um, I just settled. want you to know, wait a minute, I've had jobs prior to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's I first job. I want to clarify that. Sean's, Sean's first job. <laughs> Man, yeah. he sat around a long got a time. Job. I, like, I told you I was going to make you laugh a little bit. I got a job that had insurance. That's beautiful. <laughs> Just a little clarification there. Yes, it? thank you for the clarification. <laughs> so I, I, I was finally feeling settled, although what I did not know is Sean was not feeling settled. He was feeling 
very called, um, that God was calling him in a different direction that would take us out of Malvindale, Michigan. And so when he shared that with me, that God was calling him to uh, enter into the state police, there were many hoops he had to jump through in order for that to happen. But one thing I knew is that if he said yes to that, if we said yes to that, that meant leaving home, leaving everyone we knew. And uh, long story short, got in the state police, which was a miracle in and of itself because he's colorblind, and that was one of the big tests that you had to be, you had to pass a colorblind test. Shh, to get don't tell state the state police, police he's but, colorblind. Yeah, so he's retired now, so it's, it's so, it's, it's, but that was a miracle. That was my, to be truth be told, that was my prayer to God. God, let Sean know that this is, that we're supposed to stay where we are. I know he's going to fail this test, the colorblindness test. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. He, he passed it. There were many, many stories like that. Okay, so they, they brought us to Battle Creek, Michigan. We didn't know one single soul in Battle Creek, Michigan. And so we thought, well, you know, we want to be close to our besties, our, our church, because church was always really important to Sean and I. Uh, by the time we moved to Marshall, we had four little ones. Marissa was just a couple of months old. But church was always very important to us. And so that was the very first thing we started doing was, okay, we have to find a church. We started looking in Jackson because we knew Matt and Sylvia. We had a couple of friends that lived in Jackson. Community has always been important. So we started looking in Jackson. Actually put offers in on three homes in Jackson that all fell through. And so it became clear to us God did not want us to move to Jackson. Never thought to look in Marshall, Michigan. And uh, that's a whole other story in and of itself, how we moved to Marshall, how we found this house, and how God, it was one of those, if you're familiar with Gideon who laid a fleece before the Lord, it was one of those where we laid a fleece before the Lord with this particular home and said, God, if we're supposed to live in that home, you're going to have to get rid of that built-in pool that's next door. (laughs) Well, within one week, that built-in pool was filled with dirt and became a garden. And it was God saying, we knew at that moment that God wanted us to live there, still not knowing one single soul in Marshall. And that was Low Drive in Marshall, Michigan, the, uh, where Greg and Rody, I don't know if Greg and Rody are in the house today, but Rody was one of my very first friends in, uh, when we lived in Marshall. And so that began a, a time of building community and Uh, meeting friends and finding churches. We tried several nice churches in the area, but but never found a place that felt like home. And we knew what home felt like in a church. So we continued trying churches off from Jackson to Kalamazoo. But God wanted us here, so we never felt home. And so started to meet uh, like-minded people, Jill and Charles, who were looking for something similar in a church building community in similar ways. And so that little Bible study started in our living room all those years back. We had no idea. I had no idea what God had in mind to do. But we just said, okay, here we are, God, use us. And um, in all humility, I'm humbled in how God has brought together this church through those uh, little acts of obedience. I'm yeah, sure so add a lot to that. Uh, yeah, I I would say that um, I would I would say that you know, getting in accordance with the word that was read, strength, courage, uh, 
you know, I would, I would say that when God puts something in your life um, to do, I, I can't really tell you in words. I can tell you times in, in, in my life when, uh, for whatever reason, um, I was able to say, God, if you do this, I will do this. Um, as a little boy, I went to Mexico, uh, seven years old. Weirdest thing, really. Um, not the weirdest thing, because the Spirit of God isn't, he is kind of weird sometimes, but, <laughs> you know, I just didn't understand it. I just knew I had this thing where I said, God, if, if you help these children, I'll do whatever. Not knowing whatever is. <clears throat> so it's very humbling. So it's very humbling, right? To think back and say, you know, God knew you before you were created. We all have a story. We all have it. We all have a calling in our life. What I would say is that God hears each one of you. And I didn't know what God was going to do with my life. And trust me, there were times when I shouldn't have been here. And I think we all could say that, you know. But what I do know is that if you're willing to do whatever God calls you to do and you have the strength and the courage, and it's going to be hard, but in God it's possible. And everybody in here is a part of what has happened here. That, that's important to know that God has used you to do this work in all of our lives. It's very humbling to think about how much God loves us, that he would use all of us. You know, we're not sitting up here saying, we did this. We're just so proud of ourselves. What we're saying humbly is that God uses everyone. And what is impossible for us is not impossible for God. And when, when you know, Jacques and Kelly say all things... Whatever it is that you need to name, you name it. You know, there's this, this thing, we have greens, beans, tomatoes, it's funny, but it's true. You name it. God knows what you need. And Let's the, sing it for him. Greens, greens beans, beans, potatoes, potatoes tomatoes, tomatoes, you can. <laughs> so, Those are some of the texts we send back. Yeah. Especially, especially Were when... Were you singing back there, Matt and Jamie? We know you love that <laughs> yeah. one. So, you know, there's so many different times when God showed up when, uh, you know, we were like, and he just reminded us to be strong and courageous, you know. Yes, and as this, as this, as this Bible study, study started to grow in our living room, Sean and I were like, well, let's call the experts in. Scott and Claire were like, these people are hungry for God, and they want to learn the Bible. And we, we were, and we were just kids, but you were more of an expert than we were. And so <laughs> we're like, you guys, you guys, come on in and just lead this Bible study. Help us with these people that are hungry for God, because uh, it's beautiful to see people that are hungry for God. And, you know, we didn't know what the heck we were doing most of the time, right? But God used our willing heart when we, when we say, and even what Sean's saying is that, is that he uses all of us. 
And you don't have to, ha he's not looking for perfect vessels either because we were so imperfect. And, but we were like, God, here we are. Use us. It looks like you're doing something here. We're willing to do it with you. You just have to lead the way. And so um, it's pretty amazing how, and then God brought you guys in and, and we tricked you into coming in to just lead that, that Bible study in our living room back, way back then. And, and uh, oh my gosh, we could, I could sit here and tell you a million stories of how God has showed up and of how um, difficult it was and how there were times when it felt impossible, where there were times where it felt like it would be easier to quit. Um, there were betrayals, there were losses, there were, but there were um, uh, lots of challenges. However, God was all the more faithful with any challenge that we face. At the end of the day, it was because of what we saw that he did, we knew we could trust him. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, the, the word that if I could sum it all up in one word, it would be, I can trust God yes. with my future, mm -hmm. even when I don't see what in the world is happening. Yeah, yeah and I think... Um, when we all think about our stories and how um, we, you know, came together because these two kids started a Bible study in their house, like why we're here, um, what God has done. I, I think about, um, you know, a vow that Scott and I have taken, the vow of stability, to pick a road and stay on it and pick a people and stay with them. And, um, you know, we, we actually were just... Uh, we're going to be speaking at a conference um, called Leading a Transforming Church in Chicago. And, um, and the reason that we were asked to do that um, by Ruth um, Haley Barton, who she'll be with us in December to celebrate with us our 30 years, is because just because we've picked a road and stayed on it and picked a people and stayed with them. Not because we've done it perfectly, because you guys could list count our mistakes, name them one by one, right? <laughs> I mean, we can. And every one of us have um, a list that we could make about our own ways of, you know, being here, there, and everywhere. But uh, I want to say, what is God inviting you to do? Mm -hmm. Because you have no idea what it will be 30 years from now. What is God asking you to do? What scary, awesome, courageous thing is God asking you to do? Not knowing how many people will meet Christ because you say yes. Not knowing how many people might find encouragement or grace or some skill that you have. You know, Sean and Kathleen thought they were, thought, knew they were saying yes to God, but that they were saying yes to Michigan State Police. They didn't really know the name Crossroads at that time. And so I wonder, you know, um, in, a, in a world where very few people pick a road and stay on it and pick a people and stay with them. And listen, things happen, as Sean said, or Kathleen, either one. We've had losses, right? You do. And, and Coldplay has a new song out that'll bring you to tears about, you know, letting someone go. It's true. It's hard to let things go, to let people go. But you know what? 
you have another place to put the sole of your foot that has miracles attached to it. And so we can't change yesterday, but we can put our foot forward. And, you know, there are a lot of people who don't, um, don't, you know, know that that's even possible, but I want you to name one thing. One thing that seems impossible in your life right now. If you could write it down, put it in your phone, whatever you want, name the one thing that seems impossible in your life right now. Like Kathleen was praying for Sean to flunk the test. <laughs> and she got something better. That's right. You know, sometimes you're going to get a better answer to your prayer than the one you're praying. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so what seems impossible in your life right now? You know, is there, a, is there a pool in the backyard next door and you don't want your children to be in danger of drowning? So you say, okay, God, you need to fill that pool in to know that you want us to live there. And in one week, the pool, how did she, I mean, that's like a prayer. Who prays that prayer? You know, that was a prayer that God laid in her heart because it seemed impossible. And she was putting the impossible before God. And God did that. Name one thing that's impossible in your life right now. Something you need filled in or removed. Mm -hmm. Right? Name something right now to God. What's impossible? And then ask, what stands between me and believing God's best is in store for me? Like, what stands between me and believing God's best is in store for me? What is standing there? Because whatever that is, that's the lie. Because Sean failing the test was not the best. Him passing the test was the best. The filling in the pool was the best. Maybe not for the people that wanted to go swimming over there in the neighborhood, but for Kathleen and Sean and their four children, it was the best. What stands between you and believing God's best is in store for you? I have a little prayer that I pray, and um, we'll put it on a video this week to send it out to you, but it's called um, the Beloved Prayer. And this beautiful, beloved prayer is where you, you know, you pray in this way. You first say, Jesus, you are the beloved of God. And you stay with that and let it ring true over and over. Let your gaze be upward, Jesus. You are the beloved of God. And stay there for five or ten minutes. You can't believe how your heart will start to swell as you offer up. Oh, my gosh, this is what God the Father said about Jesus the Son. Jesus, you are the beloved of God. Stay with it, looking upward. Then you begin looking inward. And you say, I am the beloved of God. The book of Romans tells me this. And you begin to pray that. Give it five minutes at least. I am the beloved of God. Sometimes you'll get pictures from your life, just beautiful little pictures where good things happened to you, where God's grace came. I am the beloved of God. And you stay with that for five minutes. And then lastly, you you open your hands and you say, we are the beloved of God. And then you let God bring people to your mind for the next five or ten minutes. You can't believe you'll be praying for... um, you know, R. Kelly and, uh, and, and, you know, and the, the head of the school board 
and the, um, the children in your neighborhood. You'll pray for people you would never imagine praying for. We are the beloved of God. We are the beloved of God. All the people that you think don't deserve prayers and all the people that are in your heart that you've forgotten to pray for. We are the beloved of God. And you begin to practice that on the regular. And I'm telling you, my friends, nothing will stand between you and believing that God has good things for you. Because you'll get it. Yes, I believe Jesus is the beloved of God, but I am too. And we are too. And then you, you start to let go of those things that block you from the impossibilities in life. Because the belovedness of God is greater to you than any problem, any fear, any difficulty, any mountain, any lie. I'm the beloved of God. We're the beloved of God. And so, you know, in my life that is very complex, I need simple prayers to dial down the crazy. Because when I go to prayer sometimes, I could be there for two years and not cook dinner because of all that's wrong in the world. Come out looking like Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> but you know I... Rumpelstiltskin, right? <laughs> you guys know Rumpelstiltskin? Okay. Some people do. Look it up. But not right now. But what I'm saying is you need some simple prayers that give you the kind of childlike faith that take you into the impossible. You are the beloved of God. I am the beloved of God. We are the beloved of God. And then watch what God will do. Because then you'll walk into crazy, impossible places and see the hand of God move. So we want to sing the blessing over you today. And um, I'm just going to ask you as the band begins to play to just... Lift your head up and say, you are the beloved of God to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, you are the beloved of God. And look inward and say, I am the beloved of God. And this might be harder for you to believe, friends, but it is true. And allow that truth, allow yourself to be hardwired for this truth. There's nothing more true than you being the beloved of God. Amen. Not your failures, not your successes. You are the beloved of yes. God. Breathe it in. It's true. God is not a liar. And this is what God says about you. You are the beloved of God. And then hold your hands out in front of you and just say, we are the beloved of God.
conversation seemed impossible to you, let it be possible in God. Pray the blessing of the impossible becoming possible in your life on this day and the days you walk into. Go, be blessed, bring that possibility spirit wherever you go and share it with everyone you come into contact with. May God bless you and your household. Amen. Have a great week, everyone.